Hello, and welcome to episode 3 of the Twisting Your Melon podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by Charlie Banks. Charlie is co-host of his own podcast, an ever-growing football-related podcast called The Strong Opinion Hibs Podcast. In this episode, we explore how Charlie used one band and their songs to deal with a difficult situation in his life. And as always, I have to stress that we are not mental health experts. We're just a couple of lads talking away and going through the motions. Right, Charlie, mate, how are you doing? I'm all right, mate, yourself? <laughs> not bad, not bad. I've just not finished a, a Kelly pie for tea, so oh. my my belly's full and so is my heart because they're <laughs> fantastic pies, so I can't really ah, complain. Really good. Can't really complain. Um, so, yeah, thanks very much for, for coming on, um, and it's, it's, it's great to have guys like yourself coming on and speaking about music and the mental health aspect of stuff, and I think... Um, the, the conversation that hopefully we're going to have is is going to be a good one. Um, so mm. thanks very much. Um, I know what is me. You do a podcast yourself, right? Um, which is a strong opinion hips podcast. I do. Uh, so you're a bit of an expert, and I'm just a, <laughs> a, a noob, as the kids say. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't say expert, mate. I'm. Uh, I've uh, blagged my way through for a year, so nah, it's good. It's good. Yeah, he's doing well. Doing really well. Um, I do like your content and stuff. Really good. Thanks, mate. Uh, it's been a lot of wee lockdown project that's managed to sustain itself. So uh, it's been good. Uh, that's a good, like a lot of good things have actually came out of lockdown, even though mm. it's been horrendous, obviously, the situation uh, around it. But I think people have managed to find ways to do stuff they wouldn't have normally had the chance to do, which is, I totally. which is pretty good. Like mm. you, you always find an excuse not to do something uh, um, when everyone's normal because you've got something else on or something's happening here and you just not got the time. but Everybody had a bit more time, so. Aye, no, that's true. That's true. Yeah, it's good. Well, not everybody. There is obviously the the good NHS workers and people like that aye. that were working a lot more. But yeah. Mm. Um, so I um, can you just tell me about like about your background with music and like kind of music you've been into and stuff like that, or you are into? Aye. So um, growing up, my dad really. Like a lot of guys, I would imagine, my, my dad has been a big influence on my music taste. Mm. Um, so my favourite band's Oasis, um, closely followed by The Jam and The Stone Roses and, you know, The Proclaimers and bands like that that really had a had an impact on my dad. So he, from a very young age, I think the first time I ever heard music like that was when I was five, when I just started primary school. Um, dad would pick me up after school and he'd have the have definitely maybe on in the car and that was really where I fell in love with music um, just because the topics that they were singing about were real um, even at a young age um, just some of the songs I was hearing like Live Forever and Cigarettes and Alcohol and just things like that that they'd really stood out to me and I don't at five year old never really knew why but it was not until I you know hit 17, 18 when it actually really became a, a massive thing in my life you know that was when I really started to work out what my place in the world was and, you know, bands like that have really mm. helped me through that. So it's really, my music taste is, a, is very varied. You know, I, I do like some some new school stuff like Sam Fender and, you know, mm. people like that that sing about real life things and uh, 
Jerry Cinnamon as well. But I, I'm not, not a huge lover of, you know, the whole pop music nowadays, which is all romantic and things like that. I'm really a big fan of real topics being sung about or, mm. or, or I, and that's really big, massive fan of indie music and Britpop and the likes like that. Yeah, cool. Very similar music taste to me, actually. Um, yeah. I, I do have like a, a quite a wide palette, if you like, mm. for quite a, a, a lot of genres of music, but my preferred music is pretty much the bands that you listed off. Um, so it's, it's really interesting you mentioned there about, and I think you're 100% right, it's the, you, the influence that your dad or uh, yeah. parents for, it could be anybody, but I imagine... Aye. Um, had an influence on on the, on their kids and then the music taste, and mm. I think that's quite an important topic that I'm not really like I've appreciated because my, my dad was exactly the same, massive influence. Yeah. I mean, my dad was never so I'm, I'm maybe a wee bit older than you, but uh, he was into like Eric Clapton, yeah. um, Cream. He was into the Beatles. George Harrison was his favourite Beatles. He was dead into George oh, Harrison nice. stuff. Um, Tom Petty, um, Credence, Clearwater Revival. Oh, those, yeah. Those kind of bands. And he, like, and I'm, one of the reasons I got into playing the guitar was mm. through through his influence and in, in his liking music. So Eric Clapton, for example, is one of the greatest guitar players yeah. of all time. Um, so, yeah, it's really interesting to, that, you, that you're saying that there. That I think our parents have a massive impact, and, and I think dad, it built, my, builds a my, relationship my, as well, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely! And I think um, me and my dad, we've only been to three gigs together, um, mm. but they've, they've been we've, we've seen Madness twice together, and we've we've seen From the Jam mm. um, together, and we're seeing Bad Manners in a in a week in a week's time. So it is really it's, you're right, mate. It's the that sort of love shared love for music and football is really what's brought me and my dad closer together. Yeah. That's quite something, because people just assume that, like, usually, and just when you mentioned football there, that you follow the team that your dad supports, right? Yeah. And, but we never really make that same connection with things like music. Yeah. It's just it's just a given that everybody just accepts that, yeah, you follow the team that your dad or your family support. Aye. Doesn't it always work like that, but nine no. times out of ten. Um, so, yeah, so because it's not even just my dad, my, my uncle, was, has a massive had a massive influence on my music taste as well. So he was he introduced me to Ocean Corsium when I was really young, oh, and they are they're still probably my favourite band. Mm. I, I push if I had to pick one, I had a yeah. gun to my head. I had to pick one. It would be Ocean Corsium, and he introduced me to them, um, and the Mosley Shoals album, and mm. the Jam. He's, he's a massive like in mod culture. He introduced me to Quadra, the film Quadrophenia, to to the oh, Who, right. to to the way like he still considered himself a mod, and yeah. the way he dressed, just always like yeah, so fucking cool. I want to dress like that, and I did, and I still do. Um, even though I've put on a few pounds and I can't wear the same <laughs> the Fred Perry tight mm. tops and stuff that I used to be able to in the skinny jeans, but um, yeah, like it's not just. Your your immediate like you obviously my uncle's immediate family, but the you build relationships with people through music like so mm. often, and they have a yeah. massive influence. And because they have an influence on your music taste, and then your music taste has an influence on your life. Yep. Then you you, you start making those connections, and it's like again, how powerful is music that 
that it can do that and, and build those relationships. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, no, you, for sure. you told me a wee, you were, you were saying you had like a, a, a story kind of tell around, you had some trauma in your life about like, maybe you, think you mentioned depression and you mentioned that yeah. music or a certain band helped you get through that. Do, mm. do, do you want to touch on that? Aye, so about two years ago when COVID started, um, my parents went through a, a testing time in their marriage. Mm. Um, maybe started the year before that, actually, come to think of it. But um, around about the October in 2020, uh, they decided that enough was enough and that was them. They were separating. Um, and that really kick-started my journey with depression. I think I've always sort of struggled with my mental health, even from a very young age. Mm. I think when I was maybe... 11, 12, it was the first time I ever realised, oh, I'm sad and I've no reason to be sad. But I sort of played it down as hormonal and what have you. But I going back to that, the, I phoned the doctor because it was getting to a, a, a stage in my life where I was contemplating suicide and just wasn't really going through a good period of my life. Mm. And um, I sort of fallen out in love with music a wee bit. Um, and I really came back around to to Oasis especially, um, they've always really been my favourite band, but mm. there was, um, I just one night I'd sort of put, I'd bought a record player and I'd uh, bought Definitely Maybe and I'd just put the album on and just sat there and I think we, maybe 20 seconds later I'm just sitting in floods of tears and just realised that music is a big part in my life that I'd sort of neglected and um, Oasis were definitely and still are a big part of my my road to recovery. Um mm. And they, I, back back in the day, a couple of years back there, they, for lack of a better phrase, they probably saved my life. Just like what Neil was mm. saying um, yeah. in his interview, the Oasis have definitely saved my life, for sure. Yeah, well, that's, that's obviously a horrible situation to go through, mm. but the fact that you've came at the other end of it, I'm so glad that you have, mate. And oh, that, me too. Yeah, and I, I think anything that you can do, whether it's music or anything else that helps you get through that is obviously... A, really important but it's, yeah. yeah and I, I think oasis because of the, the generational thing and because of when they came about when they did uh and everything that was going on in the country and after, after thatcher and stuff like that Aye. Uh, especially down in england they like them the stone roses the name and it, it, i think that story you just told probably you could find another hundred thousand yep. people that could say the same thing with, with specifically that band because i like oasis one of my favorite bands as well i was a an oasis tribute band for a very short time i never actually mm. gigged but we, we practiced and my other band my like originals band took over too yeah. much time so it never went anywhere but that's how much like i've always been at oasis i can play all their songs and the guitar and all that kind of stuff but it's just like and they got me into get, playing the guitar like no galica got mm. me into playing the guitar and yeah. i remember the first time I heard Oasis. I was, I was gone. I must have been still in primary school, but I used to go across the road to a guy I went to school with house to get him mm. to go down for the bus to go down to school, and he would always be freaking late, like getting ready. So I was always waiting on him, and he's putting half a tub of hair gel in his hair and <laughs> all, all the rest of it. But he, one one day we went in, and he was playing. Uh, I think it must have been it was either Supersonic or Cigarettes and Alcohol for definitely maybe and I was like what's that he's like this band like uh, Oasis my, I think it was his dad or something tell him to mm. get like give him a CD I'd go to the CD and then he'd put it on so he's getting ready because he always listen to music in the morning but it was always things like 
Spice Girls or something. I don't know, whatever was pop stuff was at that time. I just went, you know, it's like, I'm, like in the background as we're talking, I was like, that's that sounds quality. But it wasn't really, and obviously that got me into it. And I was like just a wee gadget that was into Craig David and Boyzone Aye. or something <laughs> like that, that around about the time or whatever it was before then. And I never really, even though like my dad was into Eric Clapton and stuff, that was the kind of stuff I'd heard, but it was all like 70s, 80s music. Mm. And uh, to hear that, I was like, whoa. And then wasn't it until I started getting into them that it was the lyrics and they, that working class like relation in the lyrics and real life. Yeah. And then you touched on it there, that sort of real life um, events or topics that are in their songs just really relates to the working class and to a plethora of different kinds of people. So I suppose for, for you and you're saying that that situation you were in and listening to Oasis again, and again, like I, th- I think you did touch on it, but was it more, is it more the, the, the lyrics in the music that that relate to you that much that it lifts you up and brings you out of the, like a sort of depressive state? Or is it a combination of the music and the attitude that Oasis have? Because the music is really attitude, right? Oh, it's, it's like that. I- I think it's a it's a mix of both to be honest me. I think um definitely the lyrics. Um my favorite Oasis song is uh, Do You Know What I Mean? And um, mm. just listening to that, um, and you know, when they're saying like all my people right here, right now, and it's like that I'm one of those people that they're singing about. I'm a working class person, you know, like they like they are, mm. um, or no anymore, but and that <laughs> I I really resonate with that and just the the like the some of the intros to the songs just get me every time. Um, cigarettes and alcohol, for sure. Uh, when that kicks in, like my mood instantly changes from, regardless of how I'm feeling, it puts me in a good place. As soon as I hear that first guitar yep. riff, and um, I, it's definitely a mix of both, to be honest. I think more so the attitude, I think, is the big thing that gets me, is just how how punchy they are with their music and just how they just, they just don't care. They just do what they want with their songs and... And that really, that really gets to me every single time. Yeah, I think that's key to their success is that mm. because they didn't. I don't know. I don't know how much the provado and all the stuff that they done outside of the band lend itself to their success. I wonder if they were like quiet wee boys, mm. but made the same music. If they would have been <laughs> as big, probably not quite as big. But I wouldn't still they think, imagine? Nah. I still think they would have done pretty fucking well. Because the music was brilliant, and like I say, for the generation and the tight, mm. it was the message behind the music. Yeah, and I wonder, like you're saying there, that it, it is that kind of punchy and it's that attitude, and they didn't didn't care, and the fact mm. that that comes through in their songs relates to to people. Oh, I at like several levels, and if you're in a bad state and you're not feeling great, then. I suppose that attitude to like get yourself in that mindset of like, I shouldn't give a fuck about this. Let's just listen to music. <laughs> this is a class tune. I shouldn't care about what's going on. Like mm. these guys have, I know what they're talking about. And Aye. this is like, the music does get you like, I'm guessing you've seen Oasis Live. Oh, uh, no, actually I never. No. I was too young. So I was born in 97. So just uh. in their peak. Uh, and then, Nah, I missed. I've seen I've seen one of their tribute bands, and I've seen No Gallagher's High Flying Birds. Um, yeah. I'm seeing Liam in the summer, so I'll have collectively seen them, but separate. But nah, it's one of the one of the things I wish wish I was into them properly. But that is a shame that you never. Because yeah. so I seen them 
I think I first seen them at the Barrowlands, and it was one that was on Sky, oh, a Sky Box Office or something like that. And I went, yeah. I went to that one, and it was uh, absolutely epic. And they were still in their pomp, like they played a lot of the Master Plan album. Oh, at that at that point, there was a lot of no stuff. It was near when they were like right at their peak. I don't know, obviously, it wasn't around for Nebworth. Well, it was around, but I wasn't old enough to be going to Nebworth or anything like that. Uh, which stole absolutely crazy what they, they achieved. Uh-huh. I think I had, I had a stat the other day there that something like 4% of Britain's population applied for tickets for that gig. I, I watched the film that came out about that last year and it was, oh, it's crazy. Aye. So, so many people wanted to see them. Was that su- supersonic? Mental. That the film? Uh, no, it was Nebworth 1996. They made a, a film on the actual uh, Oh, event. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really Yeah, so the, the supersonic film, because I went to see that at the cinema, and it was oh, a live Q and A with Liam after, but I wasn't. Yeah. It was like in a in a um, cinema in Manchester, but I was right. in it was in Edinburgh. But they I, like satellite streamed it to the cinema. Um, but that was like they from the start right up to Nebworth Supersonic. So it went up to that point, and then yeah. that was the end of the film. But I know what you mean. The other one that was actually I, about Nebworth. But I went to I went yeah I went to see them at Barlands, and then I seen them a few other times, and I seen them at. Murrayfield and Hamden mm. and I've seen them somewhere else but when they got they got to the end like before they split up it just wasn't it wasn't as good it wasn't the same nah. they never they never had the same I mean it was still compared to like going to see most bands it oh, was brilliant I... and you never get an atmosphere I suppose like I've been seeing Stone Roses and that was quite similar where mm. I suppose the clientele that go and see Aye. these kind of bands are a bit mental and you, you end up going on a bus with like your mates' mates or your mates' cousins and stuff and they're all like off their fucking faces Aye. in the bus before you even get there and you go to the toilets and there's just like white lines everywhere and stuff and it's crazy but they they obviously the atmosphere is like it's just it was just something else like you, you, yep. you I, I think you'd be hard pushed to find a band that would deliver that now, Aye. if you went to see a gig, um, which is which no, is a shame that that's the way it's went, but, but that, yeah, that's the way the music industry's kind of went, isn't it? Aye. Mm. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I mean, Oasis, like absolutely massive, and like I say, I'm really glad that they managed to help you get out of a, a bit of a bad situation, and that's that's again the power of music, and this the whole point of this podcast is to highlight that kind of stuff, and it isn't just we talk about music therapy mm. uh, i think most people would like think of classical music or yeah like a certain like synth sound or something but i think music at any level yeah. can in any genre or any type if it means something to to you and it it, it kind of invokes a response in your brain then i think I, it, I think it's all good you, you mentioned like the other bands like the the jam and stuff like that do you have the same kind of connection as you do Oasis with them? Like, would, would that lift you up? Do you, or is, is Oasis like your peak? If you're feeling down, would you just, like, Oasis is o- your go-to? Oasis are probably the go-to, but there's definitely some songs by The Jam or by The the Stone Roses or Sam Fender or, you know, bands like bands right. and singers like that that I can just go and there's a song that I know will help me get out of that feeling. Um, but there's n- none of them come close to Oasis's put any Oasis song on and I'm instantly feeling much better. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's really good that that, that does that. And, and how do you feel about the the solo ventures of, of both? 
Um, I think Liam's coming into his game now. I think I'm I'm excited for his new album. Um, I think the Everything's Electric's a, a quality tune. I'm not sure about the newer one, the Come On You Know. I'm not sure. Hmm. Um, probably need a, a few more lessons. But um, I seen, like I said, I seen No Gallagher at the Playhouse. Was it Playhouse? Ah, it was in Edinburgh uh, three years ago. That was that was actually my first gig. Yeah, I left it late to start going to gigs. Um, so and he he was class. I I really liked him. I never knew much of his stuff going in, but um, I really really think he's um, his band's good. I think he better than the BDI with Liam's one because that was a uh, that was rubbish. But um, I think it's it's always strange because you hear them thinking and expecting you'll hear the other one as well, but it's not really the it's not obviously not the same with the with the collective band there. No, I think that's that's quite telling though, isn't it? Like in terms of the chemistry between, even though I didn't like knowing Liam, just didn't go on very well most of the time. Aye. I think that maybe even helped, like that having that um, friction in the band probably mm. helped their attitude, probably helped the way they played the songs and Aye. took their frustrations out on, like cause some of the stuff I want to talk about throughout the, the series of, um, in the podcast is like actual musicians as well, because mm. oh, I'm, I've got a guy I used to play in a band with coming on soon. And nice. uh, there'll be some other musicians that I know that I'm hopefully getting on. And it's really interesting, like knowing kind of what I know that frictions and bands and the way that you feel dictate the music that you play and how you play it. Mm. And I think that was quite telling with Oasis that, like you say, yeah. they've kind of lost that, you know, say qua, if you like, um, in their individual sort of yeah. ventures. I, I was like, massive no fan in Oasis like I thought Liam was a bit of a wanker and I thought no was just god on earth and mm. I kind of the soul stuff I think I prefer Liam's it's this weird that way and I, I, and I think that's quite important to note my, to myself that and we talked about like do you think they would have been as big if they hadn't the attitude yep. and stuff like that I think for, for me personally, I think it was all about the music and oh, it didn't definitely. really matter. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and uh, you said you left it quite late for going to gigs and stuff like that. Do you Aye. see when, now that you have been going to gigs, yeah. how are you, is that you like, do you think you're like addicted to it and you want to go to more and more and more or can you take it or leave it? I uh, know I'm, I'm fully sold on. I was, I was doing a, I was working out yesterday with my girlfriend how many gigs like I've been to. I've been to six so far. Um, obviously, COVID. I'd planned to do loads last mm. year, year before, but obviously COVID fucked everything for everyone, right. didn't it? Like everyone. Um, <laughs> I've got about eight or nine this year so far booked, and I've got another nice. four or five that I'm looking at. So I think I'm just. It's almost like you're playing. You're playing catch up with lost time, um, yeah. and especially leaving at twenty one years, twenty two years to go to my first gig, I'm sort of like, oh, there's so many people I actually want to see that I don't know if I'll ever get to see them. Like, the Proclaimers, this might be their last ever tour. Mm. And I'm, I've got a ticket for them in December, so that was one I definitely wanted to make sure I've seen before they retired. And I'd, if Oasis ever come back, I'll sell my kidneys to make sure I'm there. It's like <laughs> one of those ones that I think it might be 50% of the population is trying to go now. Because no, uh, right. of how, how many people like both Liam and Noel, but um, no, I think it's it's been um, it's been one of those ones that I got five in last year, and I was like, "No, oh, this is 
I, I don't think there's a thing on earth like it. Like I'm massive Hibs fan like yourself, Gordon, but um, mm. sometimes I leave Easter Road feeling deflated and let down, but I've never left a gig yet feeling that. I've always left feeling, oh, this is brilliant. Love to see them again or that song was quality. But it's, you know, you, you pay the money and you get you get the entertainment value. Yes, that is exactly the same thing that Neil said um, in, the, in the last episode was that you never, basically almost word for word, like you said, that you, yeah. you go to a football game and you come away like, fucking manager needs to get, need to get yeah. shot at the manager, that defender shite. But you I, never come away for a gig. Like, to be fair, I, I have a couple of times came away saying that was a bit of a disappointment, but I've been at yeah. a lot of gigs and I, I normally take a punt sometimes where I go and see a band that I'm not that into or someone else is going to see because I'm yeah. quite interested and intrigued. But I still didn't come away feeling shit or anything. Like it was a waste of time. Aye. It was just, I, you only compare it to the last thing, right? It's relative. Oh, aye. Like, so your experience, like I went to see a gig before and it was great. You go to see a next gig and it's not so good. So yeah. you're just kind of comparing the, the two. But yeah, it's, it's that's a massive uh, sort of uptick for, for you for going from um, not going to see many bands live to Aye. like a lot in a short space of time like you say kind of make making up for lost time but i think that just answers the question as to like you've had a taste for it and oh I. you're just you're just going for it now because we we touched yeah. on that uh in the last episode as well where the question was if you think live music's better than recorded music and mm. I, I don't know if you have an opinion on that actually before i move on I I th- I um, for the bands that I've listened to, and then I've seen them live. I, I prefer them live because there's you know you get more of the. It's I I think it's much better. Like I seen I seen the Cortinas in November there, and uh, some of their stuff like I was like some of my favorite songs like not nineteen forever, and then to hear that with two and a half thousand folk in the corn exchange gone mental when it hits mm. the, you know when the chorus hits like mm. there's not there's nothing like it. And um, I, I definitely think live music's better than recorded. Yeah, and, yeah, and I totally agree. And we found that way playing in the band that when like recorded music, people, I mean, they listen to it with one of that board, but people would come Aye. and see us play live and just like uh, wax lyrical about Aye. about us and stuff like that, which is you wouldn't you wouldn't get if he just recorded and didn't he, didn't they play live? And I think oh, it's true. I mean, most bands, I think there's a wee bit of, like in the music industry, especially nowadays that's where bands make their money now. Like they hardly yep. make any money from actually selling records. Oh, the, the nature of the digital, the digital world we live in and Spotify and all that kind of stuff. But that's why they're always on tour, just constantly touring all the time. And I think that actually dilutes it a little bit because I found, so I was quite into Kasabian when they first came about oh, the first aye. couple of albums. But then I, I've never actively bought a ticket for a Kasabian gig, but I've seen them live three, hmm. maybe four times because they were at every festival Aye. gone for years and I think they still well they did before all this stuff happened to their, their singer but they've got um, Aye, and it's, they've changed it all around they came back a wee bit but they, they, they kind of diluted it a wee bit because I think they, they were just trying to cash in maybe I'm wrong maybe I'm being too harsh on them but they were just there all the time and I got a wee bit sick of them because I was like I keep just seeing Kasabian playing everywhere all the time Aye, heard Aye. this live already before just kind of took the shine off it uh, mm. So, but I think in general, live gigs are are definitely superior in terms of, from a feeling perspective, at least. Right? I think you you don't, even though 
it's powerful as we've as we've discovered with you mentioning about Oasis just listening to the records pulled you out of a bad spot so it still has a very powerful effect but I don't think it could be matched by going to a gig and that euphoric feeling that you feel when you're there and just yeah getting hit with massive loud music and the seeing the band actually perform right in front of you yeah and and performing for you i suppose, I suppose oh I are, absolutely i suppose they are just going back to your if, if you don't mind going back to the, mm. the the part in your life where you were a bit down um mm. and the, the stuff that happened your mom and dad it's obviously a horrible situation and hopefully you're in a better place now i think you've you've touched on you, you are thankfully Aye. do you think there was any other bands that or any other music that would have done the same thing as a way imagine Oasis didn't exist. Do you think that like there, there, there would have been something else to replace that that would have done the same effect? Or do you think that you have such a relationship with just that one band? Or do you think it's just music in general that can achieve that? I think it's music in general, mate. I think that sort of style of music, the Britpop era, I think is the is the, is like my go-to for everything. I think had takeaways in the equation, I think might have been the Stone Roses or, you know, might have been Supergrass or it could have been another band like that that, that are big in the Brit or Blur or, you know, even like any band like that. I think Takeaways is out and I think someone else would have filled that void, but I think I've got such an affinity in our relationship with Oasis as a result of that that there's not, I don't think, um, I think if I was to go through that situation again, I don't think I could turn to another band other than Oasis. Mm. Interestingly, like because you said your dad kind of got you into Oasis, mm. do you think there was a a kind of link there between using that band to deal with a situation that involved your dad mm. to help you deal with it? Like, there's like almost like a bit of comfort there to the situation that was going on, a bit of empathy around the situation and the band because of your dad sort of yeah. getting you into the band. I think probably I think that was a big part of it that he he loves Oasis and. Um, he, I would hear him, you know, there was times I was living at my mum and dad's at that point and, he, you know, when he, he, the bathroom was next to my room and every time he went for a shower, he'd have that kind of music on and mm. I was like, oh, if he's using that to cope with how he's going through, then it's a big, like, I'll do the same. And um, I, I think definitely that influence that he's had on my life and my music life and has been really, uh, played a big part in that situation, I, I would say. Mm. Yeah, no, that's it's really, really interesting. And I, like, I, like I say, I think Oasis have had a huge that that effect on a lot of people. I don't think they kind oh, of they well, maybe they do realize. I don't know, but I don't think they kind of realize how they change people's yeah. lives. So I'm guessing, like, so when I got when I was obviously I was in Oasis when I was quite young, and then. When I went into high school, I was still all about Oasis. They were bringing out, um, like, What's the Story, Morning Glory. And then oh, there was uh, Sands in the Shows of the Giants. Yeah. And I remember around about that time, Sands well, that was, it must have been before that, but I remember, so the first gig I ever played to people was in the lunch hall in my school playing Whatever mm. by, by Oasis. Oh, aye. Um, and it was just this ragtag band of guys i was singing being liam doing the whole stance <laughs> hand behind hands behind my back microphone tilted probably like a right dick um <laughs> thinking thinking back on it but i was like 
I must have been about 13, 12 or something mm-hmm. like that, 13, 14. And um, I, I remember the bass player was, and he, he, might, he might listen to this, but one, like my, one of my best mates who's best man at my wedding and uh, he can't hold a note. And he he was he was on the bass and he yeah he just couldn't really play the bass and I'm sure he'd admit that he's so and he's never really pursued it fucking god, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah it was just weird that like even just thinking back and I can actually picture it like those memories and Oasis I like, I don't think I would have had the confidence to go play that gig or gig but play playing the dinner hall at school uh, if it wasn't for the way Oasis were like, yeah, like because having that, I almost got myself into that Liam Gallagher sort of facade of um this Billy Big Boys hands behind Aye. the back, gain all that attitude. It actually really helped me like just deal with the nerves again out there and mm. doing it. Um, and I'm like, and I've kind of carried that a wee bit throughout my life. I'm not an arrogant or cocky person like he is, but yeah, I think there has been influence there where confidence has came from being into oasis and mm. and even the style of music like you said it's punchy and it's it's got attitude do you think like that has influenced your life as well being into them for such an early age like do you think the way you conduct yourself your confidence and stuff has been influenced by them a little bit i would say um definitely the way i dress has been influenced a lot yeah. by them um and that's it's funny that's flowed down to my 11 year old brother he's mad into them now and i think nice. it's funny to see that's a that's almost like a three-step process in the journey for my for my dad at least like he's gave it to me and now i've given it to my wee brother so i think it's definitely influenced a lot on how i conduct myself and just even how i view the world um i think oasis have been a big part in that and i it's been i would say i'm fortunate to have fell in love with them I think because of the just the the influence they've had on my life and I get to share that with other people as well like my brother or even some of my some of my mates that aren't big into that sort of style of music I've been able to share a wee bit of them with them and they've they've found that they actually quite like them and it's definitely influenced the way I I do things for sure yeah that's brilliant that you can be passing on the torch yeah I've tried to get my kids I've got a teenager and a nine-year-old and like they're both into kind of rap music, which is weird. Right, nine, <laughs> nine-year-olds into like I got them on Spotify, but uh, I've made sure his settings are like non-explicit oh, like, tracks only because I, I know he's he's really into Run DMC right now. Just oh, absolutely, nine-year-olds just absolutely into, <laughs> just knocking off uh, tricky lyrics. Oh, um, so it's bizarre, but I've tried to get and I, I, I don't know if I you try and force them in the car and I put Oasis on when they're in the car and I'm like. I say this. This is like, this is what it was all about when I was growing up, and try to give them all the spiel, and they're just looking at you like, "Fuck you, talking about that." It's <laughs> <laughs> no, no, like, nah, nah, no feeling it. I mean, yeah. like a couple of times I've caught them tapping their foot and stuff, which you can't like, help. Like rock and roll star comes on, oh, gets some alcohol. Anybody that's got a musical bone in their body can appreciate. Mm. I mean, there's the people that, because it to a certain extent there was a wee bit of plagiarism and. Ah, yeah. Oasis, but what band or musician mm. doesn't it beyond the True. 70s? Like, you can, there's nothing new anymore. Nobody can do anything new. And if it is, it's yeah. so far out there that nobody's interested in it. But, yep. uh, and I think that's what made them great is that he could pick out the all the best bits of all the best music 
for the last Aye. few decades so and and put it into his music like yeah. there's so much influence with the Beatles and Small Faces and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff that he just put into his and his music because yeah just really made it yeah. um and I've got one final question for you Charlie if mm. you could pick a song and you had to pick one just just one because it's a hard this is a hard question to answer um and Neil struggled to to answer this last week and I struggled to think it's on as well but if you could pick one song that you in a in a time where you're not feeling too great and you need something to pick you up mm. what song would it be um that is a good question i think the the one that i've been going back to recently um are you thinking oasis or you thinking any song at all anything at all anything at all that's helpful i think there's um one that i've been going back to a lot is a same jeans by the view um and that's a that's that's one that if i could let if one song that'll get me out of any mm. any the now anyway um it's definitely that one and I, i've that song's 16 years old and it still sounds like it's brand new ah. um so i'd go with that one that's a very good choice because it, it is like that it's got that really upbeat Aye. tempo to it and it's, it's it's i suppose it's kind of similar to oasis to mm. in terms of the attitude like you know what i mean yeah. like the view were all about that as well like oh, um I... kyle faulkner just didn't give a shit Aye. <laughs> and just all just all over the place, which is it transposes into his music, I suppose. Aye. So yeah, that's a really really good choice. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks very much, Charlie. It's been a really good talk and really interesting. I'll, I, and I could talk all night about Oasis to you, oh, um, and I'm sure we'll have many conversations going forward about it. But uh, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad sure. you're doing. I'm glad you're doing better now, and I'm glad that Oasis and music helped you get past that. So thank you very much. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on.